Hi, and welcome along to Early Excellence's Head to Head podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Sarah Carey, School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence, and in these podcasts, I'll be connecting with real head teachers and school leaders. We'll be discussing hot topics in primary and early years education and sharing some real experiences. So keep listening to hear more about school inspections and impactful school improvement strategies. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by Ryan Cousins and Karen Mappin from Kilnhurst Primary School. Thanks for joining me today. It's really nice to see you both. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thank you. Yeah, good to see you and, and thanks for joining me this afternoon. We're looking forward to hearing all about your experiences. And I guess a good place to start really is for you to tell us a little bit about yourselves um, and the school that you work at, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm Ryan Cousins. I'm the head teacher at Kilnes Primary School. Uh, I've been the head teacher since uh, 2016. Um, previously, Kilnes been in re- requires improvement school for the two previous inspections. So it's been a long time since we've been judged to be a good school. Um, there's been a lot of hard work gone in. There's been some. Uh, challenges along the way we lost our school due to flooding and then obviously covid happened um but we're pleased that we've got things sorted and we've got through an inspection and received our good judgment karen so i'm karen mappin i'm new in september as eyfs lead um, and obviously prior to that i was teaching in year one and leading history and geography uh, through school i've been here about seven eight years now i think so and enjoying the journey yes quite a journey indeed and yes you're right to to say that it's been a a few challenges along the way ryan i know of course school life is extremely busy of course we all know we've had the pandemic but you did mention those floods and i'm aware that you did have two floods on your school site one of which not so bad but am i writing saying one of those floods meant that for a long period of time you weren't actually able to be on your school site at all is that right yeah so we the first flood was in uh, 2019 almost three years ago to the day actually it was in november um we were at, we had to be relocated to another school for around 14 to 15 months um uh, just meant it was pretty much a whole school trip every single day getting all our school on buses and then same again at the end of the day um and then we got another flood in february uh, 22 um, luckily that one wasn't as devastating but it did wipe out all our outdoor uh, resources especially for foundation stage so uh, a little bit a little less disruption but still a lot of damage and despite all of that, actually, I know you and the team have been really committed to your school improvement journey um, and helping your children to achieve their highest outcomes. And I have to say, I did I did smile when I read the, the first sentence of your Ofsted report that said that, that you are resilient and you absolutely are resilient when you hear, kind of hear that, that picture of what you've been through. So in terms of your school location, other than being nearby to that large river, um, can you just tell us a little bit about the kind of the makeup of the children that come to you Um, the sort of need that you have Um, you're a one form entry aren't you so just a little bit around that please yep so we're a one form entry it's uh it's a quite small village kilnest um but it is expanding there's some new developments around uh kilnest so we have a mix of children from various backgrounds um that come here although we are predominantly white british children here um 
we are seeing a bit more um a few more children from other cultures attending our school now which is good to see um in terms of pupil premium we're around uh, usually around 20% roughly pupil premium numbers um so yeah that's just a bit about us yeah thank you that's great so you've already kind of said Ryan you've you've been waiting for the call for for quite a long time and then actually it came didn't it so do you want to just start by sharing what that phone call was like for you as the head teacher and the sorts of things that you discussed uh, yeah absolutely um the last inspection was in february 2016 um so it's we've been waiting quite a long time um i took over as head teacher in september 2016 and um, so pretty much all my head teaching career i've been waiting for a phone call um, obviously with covid and things we knew it'd be pushed back and and we'd be waiting slightly longer than what we initially thought plus we converted to become an academy so we joined whitewoods primary academy trust um, again, that kind of pushed things on a little bit um, because technically the old school closed and a new one reopened. Um, but when the phone call actually came this September, I think it was the second week back, um, it was actually the first round of inspections for 2022, uh, September 2022. So we were kind of, we've kind of been expecting it for the last two years. Um, you know, you get that feeling, you get to Wednesday and you can kind of breathe a little bit easier. Um, so it was nice to just think, actually, that's it. There's a call. Um, let's get on with it. We've done a lot of hard work to get to this point. Um, so now let's just show them what we can do, really. And so in terms of obviously, I know there's a, an admin call to kind of sort out various bits, first of all, but then there's a good 90 minute, two hour sort of call with yourself and potentially your leadership and maybe mem members of your, of your trust as well, perhaps attending for that. But what sorts of things did the inspectors want to kind of know about in that first conversation? Was it around, as the handbook suggests, around curriculum, around your intent um, and what they'll be looking to see? Uh, yeah, the the. the... 90 minute phone call kind of covers an awful lot um, it goes very fast for one um, uh, there is a big focus on curriculum they did want to discuss um, where we are with our curriculum what we put in place um, they talked about our phonics and early reading um, they they started by asking us to really sell your school. Um, so it was kind of an, eased us in um, to that phone call. So we talked a bit about our school, a bit about our journey, um, those kinds of things. I What I would really recommend though to other people um, is to get your senior leadership especially involved in that phone call. Um, so there was myself, there was my deputy and my assistant head. Um, so when we were asked questions, because you do, you do feel the pressure at times and you, you kind of start waffling um, and it's good then for each other to pick up, um, especially when you know that you've got your assistant head who's the maths lead. So any maths related questions, she's the, actually the expert, not me. So she could pick those up. Um, so yeah, that's def that was definitely a bonus. and. We also had a couple of members from our trust uh, kind of came along 
Uh, we were quite cosy, actually, all of us in my office. I was going to say, your, your score's not massive, is it? So I can imagine that was a bit of a snug conversation. But I think you're right in terms of, particularly as you're starting that phone call, everybody, understandably, is, is heightened and it's it's difficult to kind of capture your thoughts, isn't it? There's, there's a lot going on. So I think, yes, having that team around you helps actually just have somebody nearby as well to kind of settle and to be nodding at, at the same time as you and pass, perhaps passing notes and, and that sort of thing. So, okay. We actually, yeah. As well, sorry, sir. They actually asked about uh, which subjects. Obviously, they look at reading and maths, but they asked us which subjects they'd like us to focus on for the inspection, um, which was good. But I kind of, kind of a tip there is you don't have to rush into that de- decision. So they were quite fine that we said, "Can we have a think about that? And we'll come back to you," because what we needed to make sure was we wanted them to see something that was actually being taught. The way we teach our curriculum, it was heavily focused on history for this, uh, for that half term. So if we'd have picked geography, it would have been more difficult to get them into class to see some lessons, to talk to the children. So it was really good that they just said, come back to us on that email through when you've made a decision. Um, but they did leave that up to us really, so that was good. And that's interesting to hear because, again, you, you hope during those conversations that um, the information that you're providing to those inspectors is helping them perhaps form where they might like to go. But I think you're right, that timetabling is crucial as well um, because they do need to be seeing things. And I think a little bit ahead of time, really, in terms of schools who perhaps talk to us about offset preparation and being ready, actually really thinking about in an ideal world, what you would like them to see, and then thinking about how how best you're going to show that. Is that going to be them visiting classes and speaking to children? Is that going to be through a document? Is that going to be through a professional conversation? And when when might that happen over a two-day window? Because ultimately, that two-day window, the first day is, is extremely busy from my understanding. So that's where lots of the things get captured. Um, so really thinking about that. And also, it's not necessarily your it might not necessarily be your strongest subject it might be something that could showcase your school that the journey that you've been on and this is where we are so far and this is where we're heading so you can show your approach to developing the curriculum or to be supporting and strengthening subject leadership or to be really digging into that teaching and learning element so um, and I think wise words to say if you do get the opportunity to pause and say can we come back to you just to take that moment have a bit of time to make sure it's the one that you need so yeah great Great. Well, that I suppose we should we should kind of flip flip to Karen now then because that's we're kind of edging into deep dive territory a little bit really. And I know I know Karen, you'll be thrilled that you've been roped in to join us this afternoon. Um, but when I was speaking to to Ryan about you know being involved in this, one of the things he talked about was actually how heavily involved as a head he was during those initial conversations, and then actually he was less involved as parts of the inspection went on, and it was very much for subject leaders. So it'd be really interesting to hear for you that experience of a deep dive, maybe some of the things that you were asked, some of the things that you showcased and the process that you went through, really, if that's okay. So um, we obviously had the timetable um, set out to us and obviously um, when things were going to be happening. Um, So they'd obviously planned some visits to lessons um, and then obviously conversation with me afterwards. Um, So I joined them in um, 
a year one and year two lesson um, because they were the ones that were teaching obviously that afternoon um, and I went along and just kind of sat with the inspector at the back as he was observing and as he was observing he was just asking me a few questions in terms of um, what am I seeing here um, what what would you expect um, in a history lesson um, what are they focusing on um, and obviously just the kind of um, the journey the lesson kind of structure as well um, so I just talked him through what he was um, seeing and obviously the slides the structure of the lesson in terms of um, it's been kind of a three-year journey for us um, so the first year was kind of setting up that the structure of the lessons um, the journey of the lessons how I wanted it to flow with retrieval key questions um, and then obviously tasks matched to those um, with emphasis on the vocabulary um, more importantly for us as well um, and the key knowledge um, year two I explained to him was more about that key knowledge um, linked to the broad key concepts that we decided upon um, based on obviously our school needs <laughs> as well as the national curriculum um, and then obviously year three this year for us which I explained uh, was obviously just the beginning and um, the start of um, the final year of our journey is refining that key knowledge because we kind of realized that in our, the last two years of teaching, we'd still, even though we'd narrowed it down using the key, the broad key concepts, um, there was still quite a lot, um, and the children weren't remembering all of the information, the key concepts that we were giving them, that key knowledge, um, and we're, I explained that obviously we're aware of that, and this year is about refining that knowledge and breaking it down even further to make it um, a little bit more um, kind of specific and um, and less broad. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really interesting to hear because, again, what you've just talked through is the, the journey of your school and that offers real clarity for the inspectors in how you're approaching school development and teaching and learning, but also for you as a subject leader to talk about that journey knowledgeably. And actually, you're also demonstrating the impact that you're having in terms of supporting your team and taking them on that process. And I think crucially that it, there's that reflection taking place. Often, um, we, we kind of talk to schools about oh, when have you do you review and kind of reevaluate your curriculum, particularly at the moment, because each cohort seems to be changing off the back of the pandemic. And sometimes that reflection can get lost, um, but also sometimes it feels a bit weird during an inspection to perhaps say we know this bit isn't right because actually you feel like you're opening yourself up for trouble don't you but by having that conversation actually what you're saying is we know this isn't right and this is what we're doing about it or this isn't quite right i should rephrase um and this is what we're doing about it rather than actually implying you're happy with that because they may kind of unpick further questions from that if they're, if they're thinking this isn't quite right and you're saying it is that's then a line of inquiry for them whereas actually you sounds like you've had quite an open honest conversation but backed up by your knowledge and your experience so I'm sure that will have will have helped and come through so yeah great okay so anything else then obviously that was in lessons so anything else that you explored together yeah, so after uh, the observations, we then met afterwards um, and we um, looked through some, some books together and, and he asked a few questions in terms of um, the journeys. Um, so what would it look like? Let's look at the books in year one um, and how does the learning in year one um, obviously then progress to then year six? Um, what, what would I expect to see? Um, so we just talked a little bit 
um, about obviously exposing them in early key stage one to concepts um, and to some knowledge or to some language um, in readiness and preparation, obviously ready for when they get to year six, when they can obviously look into things in a little more depth. And then to be able to um, kind of record that knowledge as well and maybe do an extended piece of writing on that knowledge. Um, and then we also just talked about um, obviously how we come to the broad key concepts um, based on, I suppose, our school. So we'd kind of decided on hierarchy and power and um, equality and diversity. And I explained, obviously, we'd chosen that just because we were a, a predominantly white British school. Um, and they kind of liked that we'd kind of chosen and gone for those kind of key concepts because that was a need within the school. Um, so I felt that was kind of positive. Um, Absolutely, because because what you're showing them is uh, that you've thought through, there's a rationale behind why you're doing what you're doing, and actually you've thought through the bigger picture of what your children need, and that does come around that cultural capital, doesn't it, in terms of, yes, your local cultural capital and what the children are bringing, but also thinking of that wider world and your children as citizens and such like and preparing them for the future wider world. So that, again, that reflection and that that that's showing that you've been on a really clear, clear process and that you've thought carefully about your curriculum, which is what they will be wanting to unpick. So, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that really did help in that conversation. Yeah. And can I just say as well, for me, it was actually I was really nervous and kind of obviously all teachers dread it at first. But it was a really pleasant experience. So it must sound really odd <laughs> for somebody to say yeah, that. But for us, it did feel like a really pleasant and positive experience. Yeah. And again, that's that's really good to hear because sometimes we, we don't necessarily hear the, the things that go well or how we're feeling about it. We sometimes hear where people have felt it's, it's been really tough. Um, and I'm sure, although you're saying it was a pleasant experience, that almost feels like the quote of the year, I'm sure it was also rigorous and robust so it, it's not that it wasn't but actually um it's engaging in that process and obviously you know your subject and your school really well um and i would imagine as part of the work i know you've done as a trust you've probably had those sorts of conversations with wider colleagues across the trust possibly with ryan having those conversations with you um so you're quite right. It's absolutely normal um, to say you'd be quite nervous. And I'm sure everybody is, you know, that we're creatures of habit and that's very natural. But actually, as you settle into it, because you're living and breathing it really, aren't you? It, it yeah. should become it should be coming quite naturally in terms of those conversations. Could I just ask, just along the, the deep dive part, um, looking at history, did they have much conversation with you about history in the early years or was that not really part of the conversation? Uh, I think it's because cause I had all the documents up um, to help me talk through them. So if I can give any pointers to anybody, it's have all the documents that you need to, to help you kind of articulate um, the journey as well. So I explained um, using our documents that we, we started um, by tracking back from year six right back into EYFS um, so that the journey didn't just start from key stage one from year one. It does actually start in... Um, foundation stage um, so it's the same key concepts um, but just delivered in a slightly different way so through stories through texts um, through obviously in provision 
um, providing those um, first-hand experiences, um, but still linked to those broad key concepts. And again, with key questions and refining it now, just um, a few bits of knowledge uh, rather than trying to overload with too much knowledge. And, and I explained that and um, he was, he seemed quite happy. Um, obviously with that explanation. I so. think, yeah, I think just to add into that bit, I think there were, that came across that they were impressed that we thought about EYFS as part of our school journey and not as a separate entity. Um, so everything we do in foundation is preparing our children for the rest of their journey. Um, and same uh, as well, we also looked at our, uh, the schools that we feed into. So the secondary schools, we looked at their year seven curriculum and we tried to make sure that what we're doing that will then prepare our children for the next stage of their education. So it, it, they liked the, the fact that it was really well thought out is what I'm trying to say. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is what they're wanting to unpick in a lot. That's what they're wanting to unpick in a lot of detail in terms of that intent, having that being really thought and really clearly thought out and really well understood. And it sounds like um, you've had a really good conversation there and that you're you're doing lots within your subject leader role, but you're doing it for your children and your children's journey in your context. And I think it's really a valuable point to hear that you're seeing your nursery and reception as part of that journey as you absolutely should be, but also looking beyond your school at what they're going to be coming to next. Um, I think it's a really, really useful point to draw out. So, so thank you for that. So if I'm, if I'm going to put the spotlight back on Ryan now for a moment, um, were there any other kind of lines of inquiry that kind of came up along the way that were perhaps you weren't expecting or were perhaps shallow paddles or other conversations that you had to have or that colleagues have, had to have it, that came up as the, the two days progressed? Um, I, yeah, I think as in all inspections, there's always something that kind of they pick up on the inspectors and they want to explore further. Um, and I guess that's just, they're just testing what you're telling them. Um, so we had, um, they kind of did a bit of a focus on our SEN offer. Um, we we had got a couple of children who were accessing our school on a partial timetable, so they needed to test that that was done for the correct reasons. Um, so we had a, some challenging conversations over that. Everything went really well. They were happy with the reasons why, the support that we're putting in to enable those children to build back up to full-time provision. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I guess it's just things that kind of come up in conversations with us leaders, with the children, um, that they, they test everything. Yeah. And they test, they're testing what you will have said during that initial phone call. They're then testing that that's the reality in both what they're seeing in the curriculum in action, but what they're seeing in terms of staff knowledge and understanding. Um, and of course, looking at that SEND group, part of that will be because one of their focus is looking at all children. Um, and if you've got children who are on for, for whatever reason, a reduced timetable, it is right to make sure that the rationale behind that is 
good and clear and well understood and correct and also the provision that they've got and I do know from conversations we've had since that particularly for one of those children they are now back in school full time so that process that that was happening at the time actually was was a successful mechanism wasn't it to helping that child actually join school full time and actually access full education um, on the school site so even that process was effective for meeting the needs of the children in your school. So we've touched a little bit on documentation and from what you said, Karen, it, it feels that you were able to use that to almost exemplify what you were talking about. So have the conversation, but use those documents to kind of, this is what I mean. Were there any other documents, um, Ryan, that you kind of referenced or that was asked for potentially um, during the inspection? Um, to be honest, the inspectors were quite clear in terms of documentation that they didn't want us to be doing anything extra, um, which was really good. And they made that clear from the start. Um, even in terms of books, they didn't want us to go and get books from the previous year. Um, it were things like that, but they were clear on that. They, they actually talked about um, our health and well-being through the process. That was brought up so i found that really useful that they actually had that conversation with me um and they tried to kind of say look if you need to take some breaks any point that's fine uh that one of the things that i found really useful as well was the fact that i felt comfortable to say i haven't got that information right now i'll come back to you with it and they were perfectly fine with that um, so there were ne there were never any pressure to have the information on the on the tip of my tongue basically because there's a lot of information that you hold uh, for your school really so and I found the fact that I think one of the inspectors had said to me whenever you find that or you find that evidence if you see me walking past just pop it in my hand he said I'll add that to our evidence base and if I need to pick up a conversation about it then we'll do that when we get a chance so it was it was really kind of I found that really pleasing that I didn't have to stress that I didn't know something right there on the spot yeah absolutely because there is an element as well that you you, you know matters about your school don't you but you suddenly think like your mind's gone blank and actually sometimes your mind does go blank and sometimes you you know you've got that information but possibly needing to put your hands on it um, and again I think that's a really reassuring message for people to hear um, we know you know you kind of feel the pressure don't you to talk and talk and talk and talk and actually it's a finite amount of time, so it's talking succinctly, it's responding accurately to what they're asking, their line of inquiry, responding to that succinctly, giving them what they need, and almost not too much, if that makes sense, because if they want more, they'll prompt you for more, won't they? Um, so, and then pausing and saying, can I, can I just go and get, or can I have a few moments? And I know as well, for some colleagues, having professional conversations, um, with them actually it doesn't have to be one person with the inspector it can be more than one person if that helps a conversation because actually the inspectors they want to get a really true picture of what what's happening in your school and what it's like to be a child at your school so the higher quality conversations they can have the better um, and sometimes having that breathing space to go and find something having that breathing space to maybe have a, a colleague in with you helps to enable those conversations so 
think that's that's really useful. And I was going to ask I was going to ask you about well being. So again, you, you kind of ahead of me on that that they they spoke to you about well being because it sounds from what you're saying that um, I mean we are we're told aren't we that the school's inspection handbook is there. They've got nothing to hide. That's the things that they'll be looking for. And it sounds from your experience that it was what was to be expected within that handbook in terms of how the deep dives went how the documentations have have been kind of used how you were asked about well-being how they've engaged with children really unpicking that curriculum so it, it feels from what you're saying like there were no surprises um no not really i mean the biggest surprise i found if i'm honest was the fact that we never really discussed data at any point that was my biggest surprise because my previous experiences of Ofsted when I've not been the head that they're really focused on data um, so although we've got all the data to hand and if we need to talk to talk about it we can have those conversations it was never really brought up and again that's a really reassuring message because that's certainly very much part of the myth busting um, information that, that the inspectors put out um, to, to schools to kind of offer them that reassurance and I, and I do know when, you know when I'm visiting schools people kind of say oh yeah but but will they and actually your experience is no they haven't yet as a school you do still have school data um, and you'll have that information for that you've, you've rationalised why you need that you've rationalised why you need that to help teaching and learning and the progress of your children and also to for working across your trust as well so that that information that you do hold isn't necessarily for Ofsted but obviously it's it's helpful I would imagine but reassuring that you weren't asked about that um, so yeah, a really strong right. message good good so I think just before we kind of draw the session to a close I'm kind of asking everybody that I chat with in terms of top tips for colleagues so uh, I'm just think, kind of thinking in terms of you reflect on your whole experience obviously Karen you've already said it was pleasant um, so have, have you really got top tips that you think actually I, I wish I'd have known that, that I would have been slightly well placed or slightly more prepared if I'd have known that what, what would you say is there anything I think for me, um, I kind of, there was um, a few um, CPD sessions, I think that helped me. One, uh, a few with the trust um, that I attended that kind of helped me kind of grow in confidence because obviously I, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not a specialist in history or geography. Um, you are now. I was going to say, Ryan would say you're the expert. I'm now. <laughs> um, so those helped me in terms of articulate um, our rationale. Um, and kind of um, make it more specific, obviously, the, the conversation. Um, and obviously, we've practised those conversations as well. Um, so that really helped me. So I'd say if there are any that you can attend and get together with Trust, I'd say definitely use them because it was a really good support network. And I think um, some of the ones um, where there's been Ofsted inspectors on those um, training sessions actually talking through those processes. So I attended one for EYFS and I attended one for the history and geography ones. They were really useful in terms of obviously saying what they were going to, the kind of questions that you might be asked. Um, so that kind of helped me um, plan and prepare and just be ready, I think, for that phone call, really. I think I'd Mentally agree with that physically. as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. I think the work we've done with our trust over these, especially the past three years, 
I think that's one of the main reasons why we felt so prepared for this inspection. Um, we have regular academy improvement plan meetings where visitors from our other schools within our trust alongside central team will come in and they'll have those conversations with subject leaders they'll do learning inquiries uh, they'll walk around school so we kind of pick up all the and it's done in a supportive way so that we can be feel prepared and i think because of all that work we've done we know what our leaders are going to say we know what's going on in classrooms we know what our children are going to say we've got the our parents um views that we've collected so yeah through that i think it's just the being prepared yeah and it and it it prepares you for, for it prepares and helps with several things doesn't it it prepares you in terms of engaging in a professional conversation with whoever um, because it's not just Ofsted that visit your school um, there are other people it helps you to kind of settle and engage in those conversations but it also helps you with your understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it and actually it's part of that evaluation process isn't it of your school development journey and it helps you to reflect on on some of those things and then you continue to move forward so I think it's kind of double-edged in that in in those two spans but certainly articulation is, is important it is high quality conversations so yeah really useful that you two have both pulled out kind of the same messages really so thank you okay well thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and for sharing your experience um, and I do wish you know pass on my congratulations to the Kilnhurst team once again and, and I do wish you lots of luck with your next journey of development because I'm sure you're continuing to strive for excellence and as we know that the development journeys never stop do they in terms of what we're wanting to achieve for our children but thank you so much for sharing some really valuable information no you're more than welcome thank you Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you found it a valuable listen and that you've taken some things away to reflect on or maybe things that you want to discuss with your colleagues. Of course, remember, if you want to talk about any of the issues that we've explored today or you need support with other matters in your school, then do feel free to drop me an email, sarah at earlyexcellence.com or why not get connected with me on LinkedIn or Twitter? Anyway, take care and join me next time for some more genuine head-to-head -head conversation.